When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Julia Denae, who is the founder of Sensational You, an adaptive apparel brand for autistic children who need help regulating their sensory needs. I was really excited to chat with Julia about this, and we kind of go in depth into not only what sensory needs are, but how that tactile sensory input can really affect behavior. Um, Julia has some really creative solutions for embedding all of the things that our kids may need right into that clothing which means you always have it with you. And she's going to share all about different adaptive clothing options. So teachers and parents, this is a great episode to listen to if your kids are really struggling with that tactile input, especially related to their clothing. Hi, Julia. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to chat about this topic today, and we're going to talk about sensory needs related to clothing and behavior and really kind of go down that road. But to kind of get us started, how would you define really what sensory needs are going big picture here? Yeah, I think the term can be almost intimidating or people think they don't know what it means, but really to break it down, it's about your senses. So it's about how sensitive you are to the input you're taking in. So to sound, the visual, the tactile, you know, all the senses everyone knows about. Sensory needs really just means that the person is experiencing those differently or taking in that input 
differently. And that could be that they're too sensitive to it. So the noise is too loud or they're undersensitive to it. So they're seeking more physical touch to feel regulated in that way. And how does this relate to the clothing that we wear? Absolutely. Yeah. I think a big sensory system that is often forgotten is the tactile. So uh, our clothing is 100% that, you know, the tags digging into you is really bad for people who are really sensitive to that tactile input. You know, the tag that might just seem a little annoying to you might be causing them a lot of pain. Um, I also think it's the material the clothing is made of. It's also, you know, temperature regulation that's caused by clothing. You know, if you're overheating, that's a really distressing sensory feeling. So there's a lot that goes into clothing that really affects your daily life uh, from your sensory standpoint. I mean, I think about this, you know, for our own behavior. Like I found myself yesterday digging into my laundry hamper to find this certain pair of leggings, even though I have other leggings that are the same color. I was like, these ones are like the most comfortable, right? Yes, totally. Yeah. I think there's so much that even if you don't think, you know, you have sensory needs or you're not overly sensitive in that way, there's so much about our clothing that just is sensory to us. We have the things that are more comfortable or, you know, people avoid certain materials like, oh, I can't stand wool sweaters because they're too itchy. Um, Things like that, that definitely if you were forced to wear a wool sweater all day, you know, you would be thinking about and bothered by. Yeah, exactly. So what, you know, you've mentioned a few kind of examples like the wool sweater, but what other specific for, you know, some of our students and kids, what types of clothing can be challenging and especially bothersome that you've seen? I think some of the biggest ones I've seen, especially with my students, was um, collars or necklines that are too tight. And that can really give almost like a suffocating feeling to a lot of kids or just that restrictive feeling that's really uncomfortable. And I think along those lines is that restriction of movement. You know, if you're in really unforgiving khakis or jeans and they're not really able to move around and play in the way they'd like to, that can be a really distressing feeling. And then I think some of the other things I already mentioned that were big, like the tags or even the seams inside of clothing, that if they're rubbing against them all day and causing pain or discomfort, that's going to be really distressing and bottle up over the day and maybe lower their tolerance for other things like the noise level in the classroom or, you know, whatever it is else going on at school. And that can really build up and dysregulate them throughout the day. Yeah, that's an important point that, you know, sometimes these kind of seemingly small things just build and then, yeah, decrease your tolerance level in other areas, which, you know, I think we've all had that experience too, where we're just like not as patient of a parent or as nice of a friend as we'd want to be because we're irritated about other things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's something that is often why sensory needs, especially around clothing, can be overlooked. If you're saying, hey, well, they're fine with their clothes every day. You know, I've never noticed them pulling at the tags before. Maybe it's other stuff in the day that's been distressing them and it's built up. Like maybe they're usually able to tolerate it because it's not as loud or the fluorescent lights are usually off or whatever else is going on. It can be a small thing that builds up and can really be a problem one day and maybe you don't notice it the next, but that doesn't mean it's not necessarily not bothering them. 
Yeah, exactly. And what are, what are you kind of given some good examples of like, you know, if they're pulling on the tag or other things, but what are some, you know, clues that you've been able to pick up on that clothing could be an issue and a contributing factor? What's like some, uh, you know, relevant behaviors that you see? Yeah, I think a big one that a lot of parents talk about is their kids really not being able to put on their clothing and, uh, you know, really struggling to get dressed in the morning and also taking their clothes off. Um, I saw that even in our classrooms. I worked with three and five to five-year-olds, so they were really new to school. And when they got really upset or something else may have been bothering them, maybe the first thing they do is try to strip off all their clothing, which obviously at schools and things like that, we need to teach them they need to be in clothing. But that was a big indicator to me that maybe there's something in the clothing that is bothering them that they can only tolerate so much that when something else is distressing them or they're, you know, being sent into maybe a meltdown by something else and they go to take off their clothes, it might be because there is something in the clothing that's already bothering them and is already distressing that they can no longer handle. So I think those are the other really obvious ones are just taking off the clothing, but otherwise, yeah, just the pulling at it, the pulling at the tags, um, I, even the seams on the inside, a lot of kids will just like flip it up and they'll kind of be tugging at it or exploring it and just like trying to figure out themselves what is bothering them. Yeah, those are good examples. I mean, I've had several students and clients that have taken clothes off and for sure that had to be this contributing factor of, yeah, maybe yeah. it doesn't bother me every day, but when I'm already upset and there's all these other things going on, this is like the last thing I need kind of thing. Um, and a lot of kids take shoes off. I see that a lot too. Like get in the room, take off my shoes. Like, and yep. that's probably something that's uncomfortable to them. Yeah. I think socks is a huge one that's also talked about. Um, and I think that can play a big role. Like if it's rubbing in the shoe the wrong way, they're just going to want to take the whole shoe off, the whole sock off and be done with it, yeah. especially for our younger kids that aren't able to communicate exactly what it is. You know, they're not going to be able to come up with you and say like, oh, my sock feels badly. That's why I want to take off my shoes. You know, they might just be chucking it across the room and yeah. that's their way of communicating to you. There's something going on, whether it's the shoe or the sock. Yeah, exactly. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So what... What, you know, let's problem solve this. And obviously that is what you do right now. What accommodations can be made to clothing items to really help overcome these challenges? Totally. Yeah. I think a big one that we were talking about, the tags, so universally hated. Cutting them out is a great option. It can be hard depending on the garment and the way they're made and the way the tag's made. I know um, some people have said it's more distressing if you cut them out and leave a little bit because then it's such a sharp edge. Um, so you can also try to get a seam ripper and rip it out. But also just trying to buy tagless clothing um, is an easy fix there, even if it's you know an undershirt. So their base layer is 
more sensory friendly and more comforting to them. That's definitely um, baseline. And then from there, it's so many kids have like their own preferences in terms of materials and things like that, that really come from just observing your child and giving them choices as much as possible. Even if they're not able to speak yet, giving them different materials or different garments to hold in the morning and make a physical choice out of, that's a great way to figure out um, the best materials to buy for them that would accommodate their sensory needs on that end. Yeah, they're just like laying out a few things and seeing what they gravitate towards. Yes, exactly. So what benefits does adaptive clothing have? And maybe actually, even if you can define what adaptive clothing is for those of those listeners that that is new to. Absolutely. Yeah. So adaptive fashion is clothing that's designed specifically for different disabilities in mind and to meet specific needs. So in my case, I'm designing adaptive fashion specifically for these sensory needs and for autistic kids. And that really means just looking at their needs from a lot of different angles and trying to meet as many of them through clothing as possible. So if they really struggle with dressing themselves because of fine motor skills, you know, we have magnetic closures and elastic waistbands. If they really struggle with the tags and the seams, all our clothes are made with no tags and seams that are flat on the inside and out. So there's nothing rubbing against them. Um, Adaptive fashion really has so many different facets. I think so many things can be actually universal. So even if a kid doesn't need magnetic closures, they can just be fun and it can be for everyone still. Um, And then there's certain designs in adaptive fashion that are really specific. So if we're talking about sound sensitivity, you know, we made a hoodie that has sound reduction built in and that has a more specific adaptive function um, to meet that need. So it's pretty general and everyone goes about it differently and every design is unique. But overall, adaptive fashion really meets specific needs, but also can be for everyone. You're just including those that can't utilize other fashion, maybe like can't stand using tags or is unable to operate zippers. That's a great definition. And I think is super helpful to think about it in like, it's broad, but it also can be really specific. Um, Tell me about this hoodie. This sounds amazing. Yeah. So the idea behind it was really that so many of my students, you know, were sensitive to sound or sensitive to light, but couldn't tolerate wearing headphones or wouldn't tolerate them wearing them yet or as they got older didn't want to wear them around peers in certain situations so we added material into a hood to help block out some of that noise right in the hood of this hoodie and also added an eye mask that could pull down when needed to create just a full sensory break. So if you aren't really able to get somewhere, especially in school, away from the fluorescent lights, away from the chaos of the other peers in your class, you're at least able to go into a corner, sit at your desk and pull up a hood, pull down an eye mask and just take a break and just try to regroup and re-regulate yourself. I love that idea. And like, looks like so age appropriate and just, you know, you're wearing a hoodie just like everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. I think especially as kids start getting older and more aware and, you know, you see it so young, you know, I was teaching three and five year olds, but 
already kids on the playground. I was in a like autism sub-separate classroom and we'd hang out with the gen ed classrooms on the playground. And you could already tell that they're already noticing differences. They're already commenting on them. And sometimes as kids get older, like they just don't want anything else drawing attention to themselves. And sometimes that is the headphones, even if they really need them, or it might be a weighted vest that they love, but don't like the commentary on. So really tried to find solutions through fashion that, you know, provided support in these areas that they needed while making them discreet and fashionable. Love that. So you've kind of already been telling us about your con- company, but why don't you formally introduce your company and really where it, how it came to be? Yeah, absolutely. So my company is called Sensational You, a little play on words. And yeah, we make adaptive fashion for um, autistic children and anyone else who needs sensory supports in that area. And it really came about because I was studying fashion design at Cornell and at the same time started volunteering with a local autism preschool. And a lot of the teachers and parents just brought up a lot of clothing struggles with me that, you know, they had a hard time finding clothing their kids would wear or they keep cutting holes in their shirts trying to take the tags out. And so it started as a research project really to help some of these families. And I realized how little was actually out there and available for them. So I started creating different solutions and talking with therapists to really take things a step further and integrate some of these sensory tools right into the clothing as well. So we have just sensory friendly, comfortable clothing, as well as some of these adaptive designs from sound reduction to built-in compression linings, to having fidgets built in through the magnetic closures, just subtle things that can help support kids and their sensory needs throughout the day without having to remember separate things to carry around, having to put on different things. And as we talked about, having it be fashionable and discreet so no one has to know if you don't want them to. Oh my gosh, that's so incredible. What are some of your, what are some of your best sellers? Yeah, I think our top two bestsellers for sure are our compression line t-shirt, which um, I was sort of mentioning, it's kind of like a compression vest built in, but underneath the shirt. So it can be adjusted on both sides just by lifting up a shirt so you don't have to put on a separate vest or take it off throughout the day. Our other bestseller is that sound-reducing hoodie that has the eye mask that just creates a sensory break wherever kids are. It really helps with transitions and just anywhere you really could need it. The store, on the school bus, in the classroom. I think people love it for how universal it is and how much it can support their kids no matter where they are. That's kind of a great idea about all of these things being built into clothing. Like the idea of a fidget being built into clothing is so great. And like the the vest and the you know eye mask, all that is it's always with you. You don't have to remember another thing. I mean, there's already so much like every child has to remember every day. You know, a lot of our students also have like an AC device or, you know, something else they need. So it's it's not like one more thing. It's just on them already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that can be really challenging, one, for parents to always have to be remembering all the things and making sure you have everything they could need. But also in schools, as an educator, you know, even if you have a weighted vest, it might be in the classroom when you're out on the playground and you don't have the staff to run back and try to get it when a kid might need it. And that can be really challenging. So just making sure that it's something that kids always have on them so that they always have the supports they need and are never left without it, even though you know that's what they would have needed in that moment. 
yeah, just making it easier, which means you're going to use it more consistently and have better success with it. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely our goal. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about this. This was, you know, very like eye-opening to think about, you know, I think that point you made on like it just being this, you know, build-up effect is so key and we probably see so many students and kids have the same issues um I'm with that. So, thank you so much for doing this great work for the community and sharing all about it today. I will link your website in the show notes so everyone can check it out. Awesome. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, I love sharing just more about sensory needs. I think it's something that sometimes gets overlooked, especially in school settings that get really chaotic and, you know, we're focused on a little, a lot of different things and a lot of different goals. And I think, yeah, knowing about that buildup effect can sometimes be key. Well, thanks so much, Julia. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.